This episode contains discussions of a violent sexual assault on a beloved character. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Melissa. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice, season four, episode eight. Episode eight, What Happens Next, was written by Jennifer Cecil and directed by Michael Zinberg. It aired on November 11, 2010. Enjoy. Well, this one's a little bit lighter. Yes, yes. Like a little bit. Yeah. What's your first note? Um, My first note was like, wow, she's back already. And I was unsure of how much time had actually passed since the previous episode. I think no matter how long it would have been, I still would have had the same note and been like, wow, I can't believe she's back at work. I know. I I wish there were like a, not a subtitle. What do they call those things where it's like three weeks later? Yeah. I wish they would have let us know how much time had passed because knowing Mm -hmm. Charlotte, it could have been the next day or the week, next week even. Like, yeah. Happened on a Thursday. She's back on a Monday. I I can see it. Mm-hmm. I could totally see it. Me too. Yeah. And there's no opening music at first. There is like five or 10 seconds in, but mm-hmm. it doesn't start with it. Right. You're right. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was having flashbacks and I was like, of yeah. course, that makes the most sense. I, I, she went into the room. So, I mean, I guess it was her office. Like, I understand that makes sense, but like, it's to the point that I would have been like, I need a new office. Like, I don't think I could have gone yeah, right? that space. Part of me was like, why wouldn't they give her a, a new office? Like, mm-hmm. and then I don't know, like maybe there's not the space. Maybe she was like, no, I can do it. Maybe mm-hmm. everyone was too afraid to ask her, but that, those were my thoughts. Exactly. Like, I don't think I could go back there. Yeah. Yeah. No. But what I was happy to see is that it, the area was cleaned up for her because mm-hmm. so many times on um, other shows, mm-hmm. we see that, you know, a crime scene is still like nobody comes up and cleans it up for you. So you still have the fingerprint dust everywhere. And yeah. maybe some of the blood stains are cleaned up, but there's like mm-hmm. holes missing from your mattress or there's like... Yeah you know, cuts in your drapes. So I'm glad that it was fixed up for her nicely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad. So coming back to feeling like a walking museum does not sound fun. (laughs) And just seeing the people looking at her, similarly to how they were looking at her when she left with Cooper, just like, you know, why you got to (laughs) stare? Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, people do, like people are terrible. We've said this before and we'll say it again. Like a lot of human beings are really awful. But mm-hmm. a lot of great people tell me that a lot of people are great. We'll see. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Like, we'll see. They have yet to prove themselves. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Case by case basis, people are exactly. Okay. Dogs, on the other hand. <laughs> you can always, <laughs> rely on them. always trust them. Yeah. I trust dogs. <laughs> the Addison Sam morning conversation uh, is going all like all over the place in like so many different places. Yeah. And that the funny music is underneath the like do, 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 to the point that I had to remind myself I was like what is she hiding from him and it took me a minute to realize that it was about Charlotte's um 
rape. And yeah. um, I was just like, what is she keeping from him? I was like, did I miss something? That's, I think it was like literally a note. I was like, what doesn't Addison want to talk about? I couldn't believe that like they were still on it, but I forgot that. Yeah. That that exactly. was like, the big carryover. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking like, I really hope that this secret doesn't turn into the funny plot of the episode because they're using the funny music and it's not comedic in the least. <laughs> right whoever scored that moment yeah i guess why just because they were in bed together they were trying to like make it light i guess i don't know i don't know yeah not a fan not a fan <laughs> the sh- 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 when you enter a room isn't quite what you want on your first day back is it absolutely not oh my god i didn't even hear that they were shushing yeah because cooper was like don't be weird Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's right. When he came in, that was funny. I felt like that scene when they were like, <laughs> yeah, I felt bad laughing at it. Um, just because everything was so, you know, soon had to, like to just happen. But that their banter before she came in, I thought that that scene was really funny. I'm trying to think. I don't know why I didn't write it down. But what specifically made me laugh? I think it was either something that well, I thought it was funny when Violet said that Cooper needed a gym because <laughs> he yeah. was out of breath and Hopping then there was something Amelia said oh she was just like something like you know oh that she got assaulted and robbed like or like beat up and robbed something that she said really bluntly Brutally, which like, yeah which was funny it, it's sad because it's like her ignorance and not knowing what really happened to Charlotte you know it, like that's the sad part about it and then just the the what she the way in which she says it just the way <laughs> it's the way Amelia is in general it was just yeah funny but I think it was like the levity that we needed after having gone through four seven and and then was it is this the part that Violet says Amelia you really need to think before you speak is that (laughs) it might have been it might have been I I, I appreciated that I liked that that. yes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then I loved when Charlotte goes, take a good look and get over it. Me too. Season one, like- season one, Charlotte is back and more closed off than ever. With good reason, yes. but she's back. Yeah, no, you're right. Exactly. It's like, go ahead, get your looks mm-hmm. in. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like we were talking about at the end of the last episode, you know, how Charlotte is grieving and how she's dealing with the situation Mm -hmm. and I again just think it's so authentic to her yeah you know like how in Grey's Izzy bakes right Mm -hmm. Charlotte wouldn't bake no obviously Charlotte is doing so it's authentic grieving you know yeah, she yeah, she's using her work, I guess, as her yeah, coping mechanism. Yeah, it's interesting to see how people yeah, cope and self-soothe and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Building For her sure. walls up. Yeah. Yeah. Any more first notes before we get to our patients? Nope, that's all I had. Okay, so our patient breakdown for Season 4, Episode 8 of Private Practice. We have first notes and miscellaneous per usual. We have Elisa, who has lymphoma and a tumor. Charlotte King has a hand bandage. Wait, not a hand bandage. I said hand. There doesn't say hand on here at all anywhere. (laughs) Charlotte King has a bandage. 
Rachel has diabetes, breast cancer, kidney problems, and a metastatic tumor. And Rachel and Nick have marriage counseling. So we're going to put Rachel and Rachel and Nick in one section because it's the same Rachel. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. So moving on to Elisa, my first note is, Cooper, don't go along to the ceremony if you're not going to be respectful. Like you can think what you're going to think and that's all fine and great, but don't go to the shaman ceremony if you're not going to be respectful of the ceremony. Absolutely. Absolutely. This storyline as a whole with Elisa and her family, Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like it was meant for another episode and just sort of like plopped in here. Nothing. Yeah. Right. Nothing really like, not that it doesn't fit because it's, it's similar to me to the episode. I'm sorry, to the storyline a few episodes ago when we had science with Sarah guest hosting with Mm -hmm. the, um, the boy who loved anime and how it just seemed like it was not thought about. Like Mm -hmm. it was the last, the last thought about thing in the episode. Yeah, it. I see what you mean about it kind of feeling like it was plopped in. I just didn't, um, I had a hard time following her story, like this patient's story, even more so than like Rachel and Nick's. Because to be honest, yeah. I think I, to be if I, in a perfect world, I think what I really would have wanted was just like another episode just focusing on Charlotte. I agree. I, think, like, I don't think I was ready to come out and like add other people into the mix yet. And, you know, I understand why they wanted to be like, okay, we have to incorporate other cases now, but. Yeah. And, and I, I, I guess that they got like as far away from a Charlotte storyline as they could, like nothing mm-hmm. with urology, nothing with assault. I mean, well, yeah. yes, with assault actually, because Rachel and Nick down here, but what really yeah. confused me and at the beginning was when Elisa is in the ER, she's having some fluid drained from her stomach. So yes. to me, in this show, mm-hmm. fluid being drained from your stomach mm. says baby. Mm. Wow. Right? So yeah, to me, because I didn't remember this storyline basically at all. Right. I I was like, oh, this is like a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. Or this is like maybe, yeah, like a father and a daughter, but like this woman is pregnant and they're draining something from the amniotic sac or like there's some sort of pregnancy fluid that they're draining. Right. So it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I didn't get that it was a tumor Mm -hmm. until much later. So it just all – and I was still so focused on Charlotte. Sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that so- finally someone asked the kid how she felt. Props to Pete. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but the reason that she didn't want the chemo really broke my heart. That she, Me uh, too. Yeah. That's honestly. She saw her family. Yeah. That's the moment when I feel like I really finally like tuned into her. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's because we finally got to hear from her specifically and how she felt about it. Um, but yeah, when she was going through and saying how she saw her father struggle, um, that was, yeah, that was really um, heartfelt, I thought. Um, and like, you know, and 
as we know from most people who go through chemo, it's such a hard, hard thing to go through and to finally see her be like, you know, enough is enough. And I don't want to continue kind of helped make the decision, just like the nurse said, who actually looked so familiar to me, but you know, she was just like, well, it looks like we have our decision, (laughs) you know, like we've come to a decision now. Um, but, but yeah. 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 Preparing herself to die so her family doesn't go more into debt. We love America. Love so it. Ugh, yikes. Yeah. The thing that actually, you know, grounded me into the fact that this was a storyline meant for this episode was that mm-hmm. Charlotte was there in the last scene, say, like mm-hmm. arranging the sort of like spiritual side to be able to be integrated with the chemo. Yeah. And when Charlotte reached for Cooper's hand, my heart went pitter patter. It was mm-hmm. it was huge. Yeah, yeah. That's all I have for Elisa. Same, same. Yeah. There are some really cool behind the scenes photos of this actor on IMDb. So Ooh. I tried to save them, um, but it wouldn't let me. So I'm going to see if I can screenshot with credit, of course, and put them mm. on our Instagram. Um, if not, dear listeners, take a look at IMDb for the episode 4.8. Um, and you can take a look at them. They're great. There's a really sweet picture of this actor with Charlotte. All right, moving on to Rachel and Rachel and Nick. <laughs> My first mm. note. not And it's not comedic. It's just the way that I said it because mm. violence is violence in any way and hitting is wrong. I said, oh, she's hitting, hitting. Stop. Why is my note? Oh, they fight, fight. (laughs) We've been apart for too long. That is funny. Literally, as you were preferring to say that, I was like, what is she? I was like, there's no way that Sam was on the same humor wave as I was in that moment. Because I was like, okay, oh, they like fight. But when, that is funny. She was really hitting that man. Yeah. Which made me think like that's and it's honestly the only other <clears throat> excuse me note that I have for them that like um because she had said something in another in like a follow-up scene. She was just like, I just can't help myself. And I was just like, not that. And then I was thinking, like, you know, if the and I hate people are like not to play devil's advocate, and I hate yeah. that, but like, and not re- really genuinely not trying to, but I was just genuinely thinking, like, if the roles were reversed, oh yeah, this wouldn't even be a, it wouldn't be taken as lightly, I don't think. But something about when it's the the woman, because no one even thinks that. I think that a woman that it's physically possible for a woman to harm a man in that yeah. way, but it's like, child. Especially when she's so much smaller than him and she is ill. No one thinks of it in that way. And from a production standpoint, I am wondering and kind of hoping if he had like some padding. I feel like he would have had to. I hope so. Because she looked like she was really swinging on him. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was very disappointed in Addison when she was like, what's the matter? Like she's hitting him. Like, what's the matter? Like, no, she couldn't. Addison Forbes Montgomery, you know better. Right. And she'd be ready to go to bat about everything else. Because what was the last thing that her and Sam like had an argument over? The uh, the... comatose uh, Georgie Schwartz. Yeah. She really took a stand on that. So, yeah, it's interesting to see what 
battles she chooses. But, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. I was mad at cancer when she goes, oh, but I, I had a mastectomy 10 years ago. She goes, breast cancer cells can get left behind and develop somewhere else. Which I did not know. It makes me makes me mad. Cancer is mean. Cancer is rude. Awful. It's awful. I had no idea that it could like manifest in other areas in your body, even after you've, you know. Whew. Yeah. Cancer is mean. It is horrible. Yeah. I thought, I like when they give little science lessons without knowing it. Obviously, mm-hmm. not as great of science lessons as our dear science with Sarah could never right. compare. Right. But but when they give the exposition of us that testosterone controls anger, I like that they really spell that out for us because mm-hmm. testosterone is the male. Uh... Which makes the most sense to me. So <laughs> I missed <laughs> that line. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure it's Sheldon who says it. Gotcha. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That makes me wonder if they can put her on T-blockers to control anger. Mm. Like what they use for um, for trans kids and mm. people transitioning. Oh, wow. That's a good question. So maybe that wasn't a thing in 2010. I'm unfortunately not as knowledgeable on that as I should be. But I yeah, I hope this couple finds peace. Yeah. Do you have anything else for our patients before we get to Miss Charlotte, Dr. Charlotte? Do not, actually. No. Mm -mm. Nor do I. Nor do I. (laughs) All right. Take it away. So I I mentioned in my third thoughts just about being surprised that she was back, but um, but specifically in the scene with Addison, I just said I wish that Charlotte was in a place to accept Addison's friendship. Um, or at least to accept the help that she's trying to offer her. But it's like, I think it's just too soon. And she's obviously, you know, and and rightfully and understandably is the best word to use, too hardened by what just happened to her to like, I think, let anyone in and not to jump ahead. But like, I think that what Sheldon told Addison in their elevator um, <laughs> elevator therapy session really was like the light bulb to me. And just like, it just, he's so good. <laughs> but just like, but saying that like Addison is the one reminder, like you were there, like, you know, she like, you're the one reminder of what happened to her that night that constantly reminds her that she's a victim. And I was like, Oh, duh. Cause even I was having a hard time. I was like, I know Charlotte and Addison haven't, they've never really been besties like that. But I was like, what is it that like, that makes her so, you know, aggravated by her. And that makes sense. We have all the same notes this week. Get out. We do. We do. We do. Although I did put, that's why you're not friend is because you're the only one who knows it happened. And then I say, yay, Sheldon backed me up. But again, I've seen this before. So I knew it was coming. You knew. You knew. Yes. But I agree. I wish that Shin could accept the warmth that Addison is trying to give her, but maybe she will, maybe she won't. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Yes. I'm really glad that even though Charlotte's back at work much sooner than I would like to see her there, I'm really glad that she's doing paperwork 
and catching up on documents and things of that sort and not mm. actively seeing patients or working on traumas in the hospital. I'm mm. glad that, you know, she's doing solitary administrative work. That was a good observation because I didn't even, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, she wasn't interacting with any patients as she shouldn't have been. But yeah, I didn't even notice that most of her work was like, you know, pretty remote and, you know. I was, yeah, I was hoping. But then my 2022 brain took a rewiring and said, but wait, why can't she just do that from home? Because... We didn't have all the work from home things that we do now. And like today she could just get her, have her remote desktop up and do it from wherever she wants to. 10 plus years ago, I'm like, did they even, we had, we had Uvu and we did have Skype-ish yet. Yeah, we had Skype because in, this was the fall after we were at pre-college. And do you remember getting everybody's uh, Skype names at pre-college so we could keep it tight? Yes, I absolutely do. Yep. Oh my gosh. It was like, a, it was another time, another era. Yeah. That, cause that wasn't even like, oh yeah. Oh no. Cause Instagram didn't come out until like I was a sophomore in college. So yeah. like, yeah. So it, Instagram, oh my Facebook. gosh, we didn't even have Instagram and we had Facebook. Facebook was popping. We were in pre-college. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a TikTok today and this millennial with the millennial pause, of course, which I'm very guilty mm-hmm. of said she stitched with a Gen Z who said the Facebook app and she was like oh my god they call it the Facebook app but Facebook isn't an app Facebook is a website Instagram is an app TikTok is an app but Facebook is a website but these kids these children think that Facebook is an app but Facebook is a website and it was I really felt it That's so funny. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that, but it's so true. Yeah, I identified. I identified. It might not be ethical, but I'm Mm -hmm. really glad that Addison took the samples while she could. I don't know how Charlotte didn't realize she was taking samples. Mm -hmm. I feel like she would have been up like extra up in arms, you know, like. Well, do you remember that scene? Do you remember the scene where she was in pain? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously we couldn't see anything, but um, yes. I, I, and I didn't even, to, to be honest, my first thought wasn't even, when, when I was watching the scene for the first time, it's not even until you just said that, was I thinking that she was doing the rape kit, but that's the only time I can think of that's when she was doing. Well, no. It would right, have to no. be. It, it would have had to have been, but didn't they have the, Maybe she did it. Maybe that's the, the gag. Maybe she did it anyway because they went back and forth with the whole like that really dramatic moment of like, no rape kit. No, no rape kit. And um, do you remember that? Yeah. But so they did the collecting of evidence of like under the fingernails and like the whatever with the nurse where she was like, I don't wear underwear. I go commando. And Addison right. was like, yeah, I think it's gross, but she does. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that's when Addison realizes that she needs – everything yeah and so I think she just like took the samples while she was doing it so I mean it might not be the most chain of custody evidence whatever because it probably wasn't put into the like containers 
She took it while she was doing. She took it while she was doing what? The pelvic exam. Oh, I see. Oh, see. Yeah, when she was down there, when Charlotte was in pain, do you think that's yeah. when she did it? That's oh, yeah. I, think I she mean, did. Yeah. yeah. And then she probably just put things on the. She obviously didn't have the full kit in front of her because she would have known. So I think she probably right. just took the samples and put them away later. So, right. I don't know. Gil Grissom probably wouldn't loved it, but okay. Mm. That was a niche reference. Any original CSI fans? If you know, you know. Gil Grissom, Sarah Seidel. Uh-huh. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. I love when Sam goes to Violet mm-hmm. and Sam says she's nosy. And Violet goes, I'm not nosy. Or she goes, I am not. I'm interested. <laughs> I love that too. Cause I thought about it too. I was like, we haven't, we don't have a lot of Sam and Violet moments either. Like not that many to recount. So that was mm-hmm. funny. I, that whole, um, that whole scene actually was like, was what made me be so thankful that like, um, even though I said I wanted a whole nother episode that just focused on Charlotte, um, and though this moment did, was focusing on her, it was like, I was really happy for like the comedy to like not be shied away from again after coming out of such a heavy episode. And it was like, a, it was a nice moment for Tay Diggs to be Tay Diggs and yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to talk in code. <laughs> And when he's trying to be telepathic with her, when he's just like moving oh his gosh. eyebrows, he's like, "So do what shrinks do, or what? What did he say? Therapists do." No, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you said shrinks because I was like, "Is that?" I thought so. I was like, "Did he say shrinks?" I was just like, "But I was just like such an offensive thing to call your therapist friend." But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, is that is that the technical term we use at Oceanside Wellness? I'm also curious, like, where where did the term shrink stem from? Like, like, does it have to do with shrinking your like? What is why why are sh- I think it, no, I think you're right. I think it's shrinking your brain. I interesting. Yeah, uh, science with Sarah would probably know, but it's too late. I was curious. (laughs) Yeah, I really loved when Pete was helping Charlotte with her wound changes. Yes, that was another scene. That's the scene I think I was mentioning in the previous episode about when he touches her hair. Uh, No, no, never mind. Yes. No, he does. He touches her hair a few times. I know what you're talking about. This is the scene specifically when he is examining the the, the back um, on her back, lower back. Looks painful. Because at one point I was like, Pete, what exactly are you examining? And then I saw that it's just like very low on her back. Yeah. Um, but remember was. how bruised her upper back was, though. Her whole back was like and was like I mean we know that like um Charlotte is a petite woman but I don't even think I think it was in the previous episode but the moment when I think Cooper is helping her get dressed that I was just like it almost looked as if she was like emaciated I mean I felt like we could see her her ribs her ribs and everything and um yeah it was just yeah the makeup department really went off yes I agree I so the Emmys, watching the Emmys, did you notice all the grays that were in the Emmys this time? Yes, I did. Yeah. I was yeah not expecting it. But then it just made me even more angry that we didn't get more recognition of especially this episode and this yeah. arc Yeah. in, in the award then. seasons. Yeah. 
Absolutely. But yeah. When Charlotte says to Cooper, you are not inside this Cooper. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. Just that. And then when Sheldon said to Charlotte, I do nothing for you every time. I I do nothing for you anytime. I also really loved that. I loved that moment so much. Yeah, I want Sheldon to find happiness. I know. Me too. He is. (laughs) He's one of my favorites. I really do. I feel like you're so nervous to say that now because of how often you said it for Dell and then he just up and died. I feel like you're so like, I can't say that because then Sheldon's going to be so like something awful is going to happen. I literally like wasn't even thinking that. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart would break if we lost Sheldon. But I was just thinking about just like how I think I just appreciate how like level headed he is in this practice of seemingly people who seem like so, you know, (laughs) he seems like the one constant. I mean, like. And of course, like everyone has like their flaws and he was vulnerable with, who was that? With with Charlotte, when he was like pursuing Charlotte and he gave his spiel about, um, oh my gosh, he had like a mini monologue moment that I'm remembering in the middle, in someone's doorway. I couldn't remember who. Not when he was telling Amelia that he wasn't interested, right? Because that was a great monologue. No, that was such a good one. I love that. Like that was like so good. Um, another one from like season three, if not, okay. it would Sheldon have to be, it would have to be Charlotte. Cause he wasn't pursuing Violet anymore. Who was he telling? Who had like a, like a, there was like a plane crash situation or something with his, or with his father. Something about. It was a patient. A patient. That one. He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So was he at a patient's door? Yes, because remember, he was trying to help her get over her fear of flying. Yep, yep. So, um, so yeah, but, like, beyond that, like, I I don't know, maybe he seems like the, like, least flawed character to me in a lot of ways. So, I love Sheldon. I agree. Not that we don't love our flawed characters, but. Of course, of course. Such a good guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just have a lot of quotes here, apparently. Uh, when Charlotte says to Violet, you're damaged goods, Violet, not me. After she says, after that Violet hurt. says victimized. Victimized is not the right word to use. I know. I know. I literally saw that going so badly. Um, and yeah, but I was so happy that I was like, I know that that was when Violet came back in and shared her testimony um, I know that was triggering for Charlotte, but I was so glad that Violet did that. I was so glad that Charlotte came back in, not not just not just to uh, share in Charlotte's pain, but I think even in Charlotte hurting, it was a good lesson for her to learn that you can't just you can't just make assumptions about people and think that just because you know part of their trauma. To be honest, like I still forget, um, and I and I. It wasn't until she approached Charlotte that I forgot about all that Violet, you know, her past too, beyond um, having her baby cut out of her. Um, Cause she had, which would be before, enough, which would be enough. Right. But then I forgot. I was like, Oh no, she was 
also sexually assaulted. And she had shared that earlier in the series as well. So it's just like, uh-uh, Charlotte, you can't just assume that you know what people are going through. So I was kind of happy, even though Charlotte was hurting, I was kind of happy that Violet like put her in her place a little bit and was just like, I get it. So, yeah. I did appreciate that Violet straight walked out of the room when she was done tra- trauma dumping on her. Me too. And again, like not in a, in a way to like hurt Charlotte, but like, no. yeah, it did. She left her with like, you know, now like left her to marinate with that, yeah, you know, I, you, our brains, I was going to say, let her sit in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which led her to like wrecking her room, but you know. Of course, but that's fine. I also would like to note that the binders in her office are real binders with things in them. Unlike, yeah, unlike the binders in the binder wall. Yeah, yeah. So it's possible. Shout out to props. Shout out. Yeah. It's possible. (laughs) It's possible. I don't know why I get so emotional about these tiny details, but really like- they matter because so- other people like us are watching and looking for the same things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the episode, Charlotte's back in those heels and uh, when she... That people's red bottoms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. only like d- not a kitty heel, not a wedge, not like still a sensible booty. Six. No, we're going straight for the red the red bottom still. All it is. Yeah. You know, she has no business in them anyways because she probably still hurting from oh, yeah. the assault yeah how are you gonna break your wrist and your hand but your feet and your toes or your ankles Girl, aren't broken put a flat on put a sneaker on for some support yeah no she's not a cancer no no she's not my last note for charlotte is asking amelia to go to a meeting and just that scene was really moving and how amelia dropped yeah. everything to go with her I loved that too. Yeah, that was really special. Yeah. Anything else about Charlotte before we go to miscellaneous? No, that is all I believe I had. I'll scroll back up. Nope. Nope. That's all I had. I think you'll like my first miscellaneous note. Oh, I can't wait. And if Jackson's listening, he will as well. <laughs> Take your shoes off before you sleep on the couch, Cooper. Also, why is she face down in the cushions? It's a public couch. Yuck. These are the things I think about all the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so I'm even weird about like outside clothes, like in the bed. I feel like I've shared this on oh, the podcast oh, yeah. before. I remember being in New York and my brother and his girlfriend at the time came to visit and my brother, you know, we had spent like the day out in the city, like riding the train and everything. And he sat on my bed. I said, Kenny, uh-uh. I said, you uh-uh. got to change your clothes. He was like that. Like, that's a big no, no. Like, you know, just like anywhere, like even just like not New York. I've just like, as I've gotten older, really gotten in the habit of like changing before I like get in the bed with outside yeah. clothes. It matters. <laughs> uh, it really does. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Did you have any miscellaneous? Um, I just said that I'm glad that everyone is on the same page about getting Charlotte the care that she needs. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that she and Amelia are finding um, a connection with each other as well. Yeah. Theirs is one of my favorite friendships. I'm excited for it to bloom. Wow. 
my last one is how did Pete know or suspect about Violet's attack in college? He, cause he says, I knew like I, I, I had a feeling or I suspected, but I, again, was really on team Pete. Apparently this, these couple of episodes saying, uh, he's here when you're ready to talk about it. Not mm-hmm. like, tell me about it. Tell me about all your trauma. Tell me now. That's the, yeah. it's the right way to go. Pete is to let it, be her that comes to you and not like how she did with tell me about your family so uh your your brother any any family any uh oh they're all they're all in jail what i live so yeah mm-hmm, exactly yeah yeah the right way mm-hmm. all right sam's style is charlotte so mm. i'm contrasting two of her looks here because I feel like they really show her character growth even just in this episode so when she first comes back to work at the very top of the episode she's in Mm -hmm. a super professional and conservative black vest right like a vest dress almost it's a very long vest over black Mm -hmm. flare pants and there's a white button down long sleeve button down I might add Mm -hmm. and it has these big ornate gold double-breasted buttons and she's in charge she's trying to act like nothing's changed it's almost like she's overcompensating Mm. but even from like a literal level like how did she get the white button-down shirt over her cast and there's so much blood like we see her wounds and her wound dressings Mm -hmm. you wouldn't catch me near a white button-down until I have no more open wounds yeah yeah and then later in the episode, uh, around when Violet comes in to tell her story in her office again, when she returns to the hospital, she's in a much more relaxed, gray-heathered sweater blazer, I call it, still mm-hmm. in black flare pants, but they're a little bit more like a dressy yoga pant, and she feels okay. more comfortable, so her outfit is as well. Gotcha. I love that you connect it with like the character, which is like exactly what the um, costume designers do, like really connected to like what is going on in the life of the character and not just not just style in and of itself. Oh, thank you very much. So good. But tell me about our guest star spotlight. Our guest star spotlight is Michael Badaluco. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Um, and he plays Nick um, with our Rachel and is is that did I say his name right? Let me make sure. Nick, yeah, I... Nick. Nick. Okay, I got afraid of that. I was like, did I call him by the wrong name? Um, with our Rachel Nick couple. Yes, he was born December twentieth, nineteen fifty four, in Brooklyn, New York City. Um, he's a Brooklyn native, and um, he got his start in the inter- entertainment industry at a very young age, going to work with his father, who was a Sicilian-born immigrant. And I chose him, honestly, because he looked so familiar to me, and I felt like I know that I've seen him in, me too. in many um, But uh, just some fun facts about him. Um, he's played the same character, Jimmy Berluti, on four different television series, The Practice, in 1997, yeah. Ali McNeil in 1997, Boston Public in 2000, and Gideon's Crossing in 2000. And so my question was just like, what linked, I thought maybe you might know, like what linked all those shows? Was it like cross situations, like Grey's and... I feel like it would have to be. That's okay. so interesting. 
a lot of crossing over. Yeah, Boston Public and The Practice are both legal shows. Uh huh. And I've heard of Ally McBeal, obviously, but I've never watched it. Yeah, and it looked like he was a series regular, about 166. He was on the show from 1997 to 2004 of The Practice. Um, so that must be where I know him from. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Also did some stints on The Young and the Restless. And the, that's also probably where I know him from. 2000s. Yeah, so pretty illustrious career. Sorry, I actually got excited as I scrolled up to the top. I, I'm saying that he was on Never Have I Ever, and I'm like, I love that show. Where, where oh, yeah. He play? Oh, my gosh. He's the, oh, he's the narrator. On Never Have I Ever? I th- think so. I think but I thought the narrator on Never Have I Ever was a like some sports athlete. Um, he's the voice of Howard Gro- Gross. Howard Gross. That's so interesting. Okay, wow, that is so random. I literally like just recently watched the most recent season of Never Have I Ever. It just came out a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. Um. Wow. Okay, that is so funny. Well, thank you for sharing about him. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So this episode scored 8.21 million viewers. So that's a full 2 million less viewers than Mm. 4.7. Wow. Still more than we're used to, but a lot less. Right. Jeffrey Rivas, who plays Diego, also played Stu Vargas in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is in Mm -hmm. season two where he fell five stories and only broke his leg. It's a George storyline. Blue Deckert, or as we've heard, Ed Deckert, or if we've heard Ed Blue Deckert. Yes. (laughs) From our guest star spotlight from episode seven, Detective Bill Price, also played Frank in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is season nine. He's in the basement with Richard. He's an electric worker in Grey Sloan. He's not the one who gets electrocuted, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a different one. Uh, he just is an electric worker. Gotcha. Okay, don't yeah. get electrocuted. Do you want to muse for us a little bit? I know oh, there's wow. so much to muse oh, on. No, I'm almost like working backwards. Well, I I think that definitely a friendship is going to develop between Amelia and Charlotte. That's already mm-hmm. brewing. Um, I'm just like thinking off the top. I think it, it's going to be interesting to see um, – because there was a moment in this episode, I believe, where, like, Charlotte told Cooper to, like, lay, lay close to me, but don't touch me. Yeah. So I think seeing them get back into, like, their intimacy, which we know is, like, a huge part that has been, like, showcased throughout the relationship in the series. I think it'll be very interesting to see how that part of their relationship gets reintegrated as Charlotte heals both physically and emotionally and mentally. What else? Addison and Charlotte's relationship. I'll be very interested to see how that is going to play out, especially now that Addison has essentially gone against Charlotte's wishes as far as the rape kit is concerned. And we as the audience and their friends obviously know that this is in like her best interest, but I have a feeling that she's not going to be too pleased when she finds out. And then, oh my gosh. the Something to note along those lines is do you remember mm-hmm. in four seven when ed blue deckert when he said we ran his dna but it doesn't match anything in the system well now 
that rape kit is going to be in the system. So there's going to be a match to it. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not like it's going to be in this, it's, she's going to put it in and then it's just going to be there. It's going to have a match immediately. She's going to be so mad. And the fact too, that I'm just realizing too, I'm forgetting that like other people don't know, like Cooper still doesn't know that she was raped. And like, that's going to be a whole nother can of worms that's going to be opened. And nobody knows except for Addison and Sheldon-ish and Sam. And Violet and Pete. Oh, Violet and Pete already? Remember Violet? Violet had- Oh, yes. Yes. The whole conversation. Girl, tired. Yeah. Right. Yes. Me too. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yes. Absolutely. No, you're so right. That's so right. Okay. Yes. So everybody, every literally everybody knows except for Cooper and Amelia. So, and Amelia. So I feel like Cooper and Charlotte are in for a very long journey. I'm interested to see how they're going to integrate Naomi back into this whenever she does come back. Who else have I left to muse about? Uh, I'm interested to hear what you think about. Addison and Sam, seeing as they've had a little bit of strife these past few episodes. Oh, I'm over it. I, <laughs> I mean, I think it was, you know, relatively exciting and like, you know, a moment. It, obviously, the build up to like Naomi finding out was, you know, very interesting. And like, even going through the first, like, you know, those couple episodes where she did know and well, well I guess like technically only like one that, that she like really knew, but I don't know. I don't know how long they're going to last, especially with this. Like, I know they kind of like put it to bed and Addison is kind of like not compromising for the moment, but it's like, you know, I feel like kind of like acting like it doesn't matter right now as far as the children thing, but it's like, I feel like that's too big of a thing. That's like, it's going to come back up. Like we know that Addison wants children. It's why she came to LA. Literally. Right. Literally the reason why the pilot. So I think it's going to have to come down to her wanting a child or wanting Sam. And like, I get it from Sam's perspective. Like he has, He's not only a father already, but he's a grandfather and like, he doesn't want to do all that again. And I totally get that. I think that that's fair. So it's like, ironically, it comes down to like two people, two people wanting different things. And so it's like to, uh, and you having to decide whether it's worth compromising or not. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Just because you weren't here when it happened, the whole Violet and Pete and Pete's family thing and how that all planned out, Mm -hmm. what do you think is going to, you know, go on about that? I think it would make sense that somebody would pop up um, because where did we last leave off that Violet had actually – did she actually get in – to be honest, I need to go back to that monologue that Pete actually explained what happened because what happened was that his, did his mother kill his brother? Is that what happened? His mom killed basically his stepfather. They weren't married, but like the person he considered to be his father figure. So his mom killed his stepdad. Okay. And his brother lied about it in court. So perjured himself. Gotcha. So his brother is indeed still living. Adam. Yeah, but he um, he is in jail on unrelated charges or something. 
Oh, so he probably won't be popping up anytime soon. Okay. As far as Pete knows. As far as Pete knows. That was going to be my muse that like one of his family members was just going to pop up on him and Violet. But yeah, but if, but if he's in jail, <laughs> that's I was like, oh, maybe not. But I think we got everyone. I think so too. Since you know, Dell's dead. Naomi's gone. Maya and Dink oh. apparently don't exist anymore. Lord, who's your MVP? Who my MVP of this episode? This is hard. I think I want to say Amelia. Okay. I was told I went through three different people. I literally went through like Addison for a minute for actually doing something with the rape kit. And then I went through Sheldon because I knew Charlotte really appreciated how he handled her return by leaving her alone. But I still think that like I commend Amelia for like, um, I think she's like the one in real time that's actually like, navigating charlotte in real time and actually getting a good result out of it like i feel like charlotte is very quick to like shoo everyone else away i think she's tried that a little bit with amelia she's still like gotten her digs in but like she's still the one she went to at the end of the episode and asked to go to a meeting with her and thinking about like when amelia bringing her donuts and stuff and so i think amelia for just kind of like sticking beside her i thought it was really funny how people kept bringing her food and she's like what yeah which is so interesting because it's also like i mean that's what people do when like you're grieving a death yeah. right like yeah people pass away. yeah it's, that's yeah. interesting so i had a two-way tie between pete and cooper okay cooper for doing his best to be there for her but then i thought about it more into like the full scope of the episode and i uh. think so Cooper gets the silver medal, but Pete gets the gold medal for helping Charlotte how Charlotte needs helped. Not that Cooper isn't, but for helping Charlotte as a doctor, mm-hmm. for helping our lymphoma patient as a doctor and advocating for her, even though Cooper is the pediatrician. Right. And right. for being there for Violet. Yeah. Whether she knew it or not. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But Amelia's a really good pick. That's good. Yeah. So my rating might be a reach, might be dramatic. I don't know. Well, at least you have one. <laughs> it's okay. You can think on it. So after a hurricane or a natural disaster, a flood, tsunami, something like that, at the beginning, like, everybody's there, right? They might be staring at you. They might be, like, what do they say, rubbernecking? And they, mm-hmm. like, at a, and they're looking at you. But then FEMA leaves and everybody leaves. And if your life wasn't really affected, like, you just move on and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But those of you who were affected, it's all-consuming and you don't understand how these other people are just going about their lives And maybe if you were affected, uh, quote unquote, a little bit, you try and do a few things, but everything reminds you of that thing and you, you just try and you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. That's a good one. 
I don't know if you inspired us inspired this by mentioning like a storm or something, but for whatever reason, like something being like shipwrecked occurred to me. Um, um, like when, when you're shipwrecked on a beach and, and like there's debris and everything and, and everything is everywhere. And I, and probably cause I've just seen too many movies of people getting <laughs> stranded on beaches, everything from like lost, which is a series I still have to finish, even though like I'm pretty sure I know what happens, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, to cast away and um, even like a recent series on Netflix that I watched too, that the name is escaping me, but the girl gets stranded um, on a beach essentially. And um, you use what you have from like the wreckage to like, to make something of it. Like you try to like, you know, put the pieces together or like make use of like what you have. And um, I feel like as far as the um, everyone but Charlotte, you know, in the practice is trying to do that, like trying to put the pieces together about like what happened to her and like trying to help her heal. And I don't, I don't think Charlotte is in a place where she's like, where she wants to be put back together. Cause I don't think from her point of view, like she doesn't think that she needs the help. But yeah, that's the first the first rating that came to mind. I love that. I love nice. that. Picking up the pieces and yeah. Oh, that's really good. Well, we'll miss you until you're back again. I know, girl. I know. Another little stint. We have, I'm going to, especially now that I, you know, that it's like in the, the height of the, what's going on in the season, I'm going to watch them um like more spread out as opposed you've been a no, little busy oh i do enjoy binging girl i know thank you for joining us for this week's episode of beach houses and babies a private practice recap podcast please follow us on instagram at bhab podcast and be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or anchor to be the first to hear future episodes you can find me on instagram at, at melissa clark and on Twitter at at Melissa with three E's. And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show. Plus, we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash B-H-A-B podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 4, Episode 9. They are all available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. EGIT. Woot woot. Did it.